0: This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Knights from ESPN Milwaukee. With me tonight's Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm, Jay Hood is going to be on assignment, so we won't be with us tonight. But plenty of content. Check it out, um, as we had a lot of great stuff happening from StarCast in Chicago this past weekend. So make sure you're commenting. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. All the different videos, all the different interviews that we did. Uh, We even did a special show on Sunday live from StarCast where we recapped Payback. So we won't have a big Payback recap here. We did that this past Sunday. You can check that out. On our podcast page wherever you get your podcasts or check it out on youtube.com good karma wrestling what were some of the same inter- with
1: same guys? with the other news of the weekend uh, cm punk was fired so we talked about that also that was there oh, yeah that's true yeah, so, that happened it feels like a month ago <laughs> it
0: feels like it was forever ago at this <laughs> point
1: <laughs> but yeah interview wise nick wayne marty janetti the blue meanie colt cabana matt cardona again i think he's like friend friend of the show now because that's twice The first two-time guest in GKW history, Matt Cardona. Shout out to him.
0: All right. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I I would probably put. I would rank friends of show at Jeff Cobb, Matt Cardona, Daddy Magic. That's that's the way I would rank them. Just because we had to like basically kick Jeff Cobb off the show. He wanted to hang out for so long. Um, We should probably have him on again here sometime uh, soon. But anyway, on Sunday, the reason why Starcast was in Chicago, all out in Chicago. Look, we ripped on the cart. Like, we ripped on it, thought it was garbage, and I I called it a collision combined with a battle of the belts, and Chicago, I don't know if that would have been as fun if it's anywhere else but Chicago. But the Chicago fans, they kicked it, I mean, they knocked it out of the park. They made it a lot more fun than it should have been, and right now, it feels like AEW is starting to gain a little bit of momentum. Part of that is also, of course, MJF and everything he's doing, and you know, I would say Brian Danielson as well. And his, as, as we learn more and more about his involvement, but we've been here before Brian with a, where they have some momentum going. And I would say some part of that positive momentum over the past week has probably been the firing of CM Punk.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: How does AEW keep this momentum going as they start to build toward, they'll have a couple pay-per-views before the year out. And then we start 2024.
1: So I think the thing is, and it's going back to when we've talked about them having success, is sort of staying focused. Because a lot of times when we've had this discussion, like, oh, AEW's riding high, like, oh, wait, it's Forbidden Door. So, you know, there's a whole other company we're working with. We got to throw in some guys and girls that you might not know, but they're going to get in the way of our storyline. And that's been sort of what, you know, puts them off course. That Wrestle Dream, which is in less than a month, October 1st, Tony has said there's going to be New Japan involvement. I don't think it's going to be a straight like Forbidden Door where it's company versus company. But stay focused on what you have. MJF first Joe, MJF first Roddy, you've got stories there. Takeshka, you're blowing him up. He beat Kenny Omega this weekend, clean in the middle of the ring. He was one of your top heels a few months ago, and then you stopped going to him. Keep building him up. Nick Wayne, Darby, there's so much to do right now. Do not get distracted. It's great if we have some New Japan involvement October 1st, but that should not be a New Japan show. To me, it's
0: simple it's two words. Okay. Brian Danielson. Okay. Whether whether he's participating in ring and oh my god. I can't Tony's reaction. If you happen to miss the post uh-huh. um the post event media scrum that they had, were you in were you yes. in there for that? Yes. So they usually have, if, if you're unfamiliar with how the, this all works, usually like the, the table is whatever it's propped up on a little like stage, you know, they have just a little kind of riser that they put the table on. So they're sitting above the media, what have you. So Brian Danielson does a tremendous Q and a, like, thanks to media. Like, Hey, thanks yes. for being here. Thanks for being engaging. You can tell how much like being an AEW means to him.
1: He's super and- open during it. Like not in character at all. Very much like, he admits, like when they asked about his health, he's like, oh, "That was sort of you know smokes and mirrors." He's like I didn't use my arm at all. Like just yeah. so open and honest. Like it was so refreshing.
0: Well, and trust me, I noticed that he did not use his arm <laughs> in this trap match. I think I think that if you were paying attention, that's one of the things you were looking for. And then he steps off the stage and almost trips and falls on his ass. Yes, where Tony Khan like almost has a damn near a heart attack for, because. And then Brian, of course, comes back and goes. Can you imagine if I went to this strap match and I got injured falling <laughs> falling off this stage? But it's, it's very obvious. I think all the reports that are out there. One of our criticisms of AEW being the young company that it is, is that Tony Khan had been taking on too much by himself. Mm-hmm. And especially now, since Collision was a CM Punk show, and clearly, based on some of the backstage stuff that we've heard, CM Punk was a locker room backstage leader for Collision. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was involved with that. But five hours of television, you need help. And you've got plenty of it if you're Tony Khan, you've got Mark Henry. Yes. You've got Paul White. You have all these wrestling legends, Arn Anderson, Jake the Snake. I mean, the list goes on and on of of these wrestling legends that you have working for your company. And yet you you were kind of early on doing a lot of things by yourself. I think one of the things that we've learned through some great reporting, you know, places like, you know, Fightful and Sean mm-hmm. Ross App and, and obviously Meltzer and, and Alvarez and all those guys is that Brian Danielson has been pretty involved in collision and pretty involved in a lot of the stuff going on backstage. And I think that has helped, I would say everything seemed more cohesive. And I think it's going to be a big piece because with CM Punk, it was it was a soft brand split, right? You yes. had Dynamite. Rampage was Rampage, and then you had Collision. And you were kind of like sometimes they kind of cross paths, but they were kind of more on a path to me of this happens on Collision, this happens on Dynamite. Maybe stories come together at the pay per views, but I think you're going to start to see more cohesive storytelling between the two shows the way we do with WWE because Brian Danielson is that good and that much of a pro wrestling mind and has the ear of Tony Khan, that I think that is what's going to help that success for AEW continue going forward.
1: And we're seeing that sort of crossover, this tournament to crown the number one contender is across all three shows. We saw two matches last night. We'll see two matches tomorrow on Rampage. And then the semis will be Saturday on Collision before the finals next Wednesday on Dynamite. I think the important thing with Brian is he'll be the adult in the room. Like, yes, he's on the older side. So is CM Punk. But I think if someone doesn't want to listen to Brian, I don't see Brian fighting someone backstage over that. Yeah, he's
0: he's not going to put anybody <laughs> in a chokehold.
1: Right. So, like, like, that, I think, is an important part.
0: When's the last time you heard somebody say anything bad about Brian Danielson?
1: No one. I don't think they exist.
0: Yeah, that that's and, and I think that's to your point, right? Like nobody has ever like had beef with right. Brian Danielson. Like everybody loves him because he loves pro wrestling that much. Like even when he left WWE, like right. him and Mox are like the only two people that have ever gotten like a good send off from WWE. I think like it's and and Vince still loves him. Vince was trying to like brian danielson's so damn good that vince was like yeah we can try to work something out with new japan so you can wrestle those people (laughs) right like that's how much he was beloved by wwe before he ultimately went to aew so i i think there's one thing of clearly punk looked at himself as a locker room leader and Uh had the ear of some people but others he didn't i think brian danielson is if he talks you're gonna listen yeah no matter who you are, I think because everybody loves and respects him in the pro wrestling world, I think he's he's somebody that if he talks, you're going to listen. And it seems like he has been empowered by management to be that leader.
1: Right. And Punk, there was a second contract. We learned about this that this weekend. There was an employment contract. So maybe he was doing even more with Collision. But with Brian, I saw it out a few times on Twitter. He usually benefits when CM Punk gets in trouble and hits the door. It's Daniel Bryan that (laughs) steps in at main event WrestleMania. So this is another opportunity for him because when you compare those two stars and they are stars, Bryan Danielson does everything CM Punk does. Like in the past, you could say like, well, the mic stuff, he's significantly better on the mic. Now he can hold his own there. He can be riveting. He can have that emotion and then just be mature backstage. And that's a huge one up like CM Punk might be more of a name to the casual fan, but the backstage stuff, the morale stuff, that's going to go a long way in building this company and hoping they continue to take that next step.
0: Yeah, I, so uh, to me, that's the, the continued momentum of it. Is Tony Khan leaning on somebody else? That's that's yeah. what it is. And you know, with the Wrestle Dream stuff, I'm I'm curious to see what that card ends up being. It seems like more of a tribute show. I don't sure. But
1: but you're I, getting, I, you're asking people for their money again. Like we just went this week where you asked twice in one week for fifty bucks. And yes, Sunday delivered. I don't know if as many people watched it, but you can't just say like, oh yeah, it's a glorified indie show and say, hey, can you give us 50 bucks for it? Like they have yeah. to consider that.
0: Yeah. I, and, and I think that buys honestly are probably going to be down because you're you're now in football season, right? right. And we, we've kind of seen now what the plan is for AEW because they've had shows during football season right. on Saturday nights. Right. Because they don't want to be competing with Sunday night football. Well, now you have collision. Well, apparently collision is going to get bumped to Friday nights. They're going to have special Friday collisions before pay-per-views that happen on Saturdays. And And this one,
1: because Tony Flanagan said he doesn't want to compete on Sundays, the NFL. It's because October 1st is the anniversary of Inoki's death that this year is going to be a Sunday because it lines up to the year.
0: Yeah. But I think when we get to, what is it? Full gear. Yeah. That'll be Saturday. Yeah. That'll be on a Saturday. Revolution, I'm sure will be on a Saturday, Um, but it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, my guess is this is gonna be more of an indie card. They're not gonna right. have too much time to build to it because they they know how important Grand Slam is. It's right. probably the biggest of shows that they do in terms of the Dynamite specialty shows, right. the Fighter Fests, the Winter is Coming, Fight for the Fallen, all those different you know specials that they do on Wednesday nights. This is the biggest one because they do it at Arthur Ashe. They fill it with 20,000 people. It's an electric atmosphere. And like, again, you're making MJF Wrestle on television. You know, it, it, it. They're building towards that, and if it ends up being an indie card, I think they have to be okay with that. With Wrestle Dream, just because, like, okay, we're going against football. This is, this is a show for the sickos, all right. right? This is a show <laughs> for the people like Brian Roach, Dave yeah. Nitsel, and Jonathan Hood. It's the show, you know, where okay, they'll watch it and, and they'll talk about it. But I think they have to expect that there's probably going to be a decrease in buy rate just because, again, they're not going to have a lot of time to build towards it. So I guess I'm, I'm not, and they. The last time I felt they had this kind of momentum was coming out of double or nothing last year. So like a year and a half ago, and that's when they had the first forbidden door. I think they learned lessons there. This year's forbidden door. They did a better job of blending a lot of those storylines. And I think they're learning lessons on how to maybe keep this momentum going forward, but it all could again, it's, it's all about backstage. We know they've got a roster that can deliver. It's about those people like Tony Khan and Brian Danielson, putting those people in positions to succeed and, and, yeah, my my God, coming out of I mean coming out of All In, I I knew the card and the action was going to be good. Sure, I didn't feel I wasn't expecting to feel this good about Ricky Starks. Yep, um, like I wasn't expecting C J Perry to show up or right. whatever yeah, her name's was... going to be in AEW. Like that was legitimately <laughs> surprising. <laughs> yeah legitimately surprising and especially like like i'm intrigued because miro is telling her she's not real as he's walking out of the ring which is fantastic um you know the main event like at this time last year did i think that orange cassidy would be main eventing one of the one of the pillars of your company and all out no and he freaking knocked it out of the park like they have a lot of great places a lot they they have a, a roster that is loaded with talent and ready to be used if they're used properly. But so that comes to backstage it comes to TK yep. and it comes to Brian Danielson.
1: Cause one of my biggest AEW knocks is you push someone up, they get all the way up there and then they get distracted. It's like, Oh, we got to play with this toy. And then they cool off. Those names you mentioned Takesh is there uh swerve. That was a hell of a segment with him last night. Oh, like that was fantastic. he's been involved in stuff, but you're putting him out there with hangman. Like the pieces are there to build around, well, give the fans what they want.
0: And, and, I mean, Swerve, what was great about Swerve's segment is, like, there, there seemed to be a tinge of truth to it. Like, Hangman yes. hasn't been doing much ever since he lost the world title Correct. over a
1: year ago. He was so, in a pre-show battle royal on Sunday.
0: I mean, he got that's to be the babyface because he ended up getting, you know, giving the $50,000 to a local Chicago charity for kids. So, you know, that's, that's good on him. But, yeah, I mean th- that tells you how deep this roster is. But with a little bit of help. I think especially with brian danielson they'll still be able to point these things in the right direction and it makes me excited about aew going forward right oh we do have an interview coming up as part of our three count we had a chance to talk a little impact plus the larger career of you may know him as Devon Dudley. He'll be reuniting uh, as part of Team 3D for Impact 1000, just going by Devon. So we'll be talking with him coming up later in the show as well. So make sure you stick around for that. But we're looking at some of the other top stories in the world of professional wrestling and what we like to call our three count. Brian, what do we have
1: at number one? One of the biggest things in pro wrestling right now factions in both AEW and the WWE. Which is the best faction in all of pro wrestling right now? <sighs> It's,
0: it's tough to defend what I'm probably going to take because they okay. haven't been on television, but it's still the bloodline. Like I, I still think that the bloodline and at this time last year, Sammy was still able to make the bloodline relevant when Roman was taking his time off of television. And we pretty much had a bloodline free episode of SmackDown a couple of weeks ago after the yeah. sudden passing of Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, they had teased that Jimmy was going to be there and explain his actions. And and that kind of got tabled um, as they had, you know, different Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt tributes throughout the course of that show. Um, but I think, you know, kind of splitting up the bloodline, having Jay over on Monday Night Raw and and kind of making that intriguing of, oh, you know, Everyone's kind of still looking at him with side-eye except for Sami Zayn because, well, you as Jey Uso prevented a lot of these guys from doing and getting one over on the bloodline as a henchman for Roman Reigns. Um, Paul Heyman is still one of the best minds in pro wrestling. He's got a lot of hand in that creative as well. Um, it looks like, you know, Jimmy being told you're out the bloodline. When we say you're out the bloodline, like that's going to be interesting with with Solo going forward. So I still think... That the bloodline reigns supreme, like it's still everything goes through Roman Reigns. As long as he's walking around with those, those three championships, you know, I, I still think everything goes through the bloodline. Even if other factions are now starting to catch them, right? Blood. If, if I'm power ranking all the all of the factions, I have to start with bloodline at number one.
1: So you consider the J stuff still to be a part of the bloodline? A hundred percent, hundred percent. You think it comes but, back around?
0: Yeah, I, it's because he, he's. He's not all the way out. Like, I can't imagine that because it opens up possibilities, right? Sure. He's main event Jey Uso. And to right. me, if if he picks up some momentum, I don't think it's that far-fetched of Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns headlining in Philadelphia. Like, I don't think that's out of the question. I still think it's probably Cody. But Ooh. with him over there, if he builds the right momentum, like, can you – him winning the Royal Rumble – like, who's bigger right now that can win the Royal Rumble?
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it Unless feels it's like Dwayne. It, yeah, well, yeah, that would work. <laughs> no, I guess that's fair. I mean, it feels like the Cody stuff and, like, there's a trade to SmackDown. Like, it feels like the seeds are just planting to get back to Cody. I, I don't know. Jay main eventing Mania. I know he did it in a tag match this year, but that still seems a far way away. Like-
0: Again, I think it is a ways away, but I think if they do the right things with him on Monday Night Raw, and it culminates with him winning the Rumble, I think you can tell a great story with Jay Uso. Again, I i have a, I have a hard time imagining Jay being the one to get over on Roman, Sure, but I think it's something you can do. If if you go back to Cody, I, I think that you risk the fans turning on it yes. because, okay, you probably should have done it the first time if you end up going back to Cody, I I have a hard time imagining telling a compelling story the second time around with Cody because it's still finished the story. Well, he had a chance to finish the story, pal. Like I I don't feel like that was already your second chance. Like your second chance was coming back to WWE to finish the story. You can't do the finish the story stuff again, the second time around. So again, I'm with you. It's a long shot, but at least it, it enters my mind of, Oh, maybe that's another contender for Roman Reigns down the line
1: all right i think that's fair for me like i have a hard time saying bloodline because there's too many weeks recently where like i find myself bored by them and just sort of feel like we're just going through the motion and roman's not there so i go to aew i go to your guy mox in the bcc (sighs) see like see that's my number two they're so versatile and you could do so much with them and mox is the guy like hey we need to make him in a paper he's like all right what belt we talk oh the international title sure me and orange we can do that and the yuda stuff he keeps developing The Brian stuff, like he addressed it in the presser. He's like, "Well, you know, we're good guys, but we do some bad things. Like, we don't know if he's a healer or a face. Like, they are very versatile, and it's fun to see those four in action."
0: I'm, I'm at least glad he's wearing BCC merchandise out to the ring now. Like, he's because there were times where, like, wait, is he still BCC? I'm not sure. Like, he doesn't. But he, you know, he comes out and he celebrates with, you know, the Blackpool Combat Club after Mox wins the international title. Right. Um, my my problem is with the bcc like it's just to me it's too top heavy like mox and brian Mm -hmm. are awesome but like claudio's lost a little bit of the shine for me and yuta's the yuta's the one who eats every pin right like i'm not even (laughs) sure the last time wheeler won a match at this point um so get
1: the pin in the something i feel like he got the win in one of those like multi-men matches
0: Maybe, but again, like it's, it's (laughs) again, super forgettable if you did, right. right? Whereas when this thing started and he was the pure champion and you had Claudio in the mix as, you know, the ROH world champion. And um, so I guess that's where with the BCC, like the bottom to me, those, those two have fallen off a little bit since they've, since they formed the Blackpool combat club. Whereas Mox and uh, Mox and Brian Danielson have just made each other so much better since they've gotten together with
1: this thing. No, that's a fun thing to see, a fun duo. The other one I throw out there, and they're not on the level of Bloodline BCC, but AEW seems to be building something with them, is the Bullet Club Gold. Jay mm-hmm. White gets the win Sunday. They have been protecting Jay White. Yes. I can watch Deuce Robinson all oh. day, every day. <sighs> and like, and this has been have the have been best good. thing for
0: the guns. This has been yes. the best thing the guns yes. have done, and they've been tag team champions right. in AEW. <laughs> right. Like, But this is by far the best thing that they've done. Because they were... You know, it was kind of awkward because they didn't know what to do with them. They they right. had him with Billy, then they separated from Billy, and then they fought over Billy. It, I think it's good for them to kind of get away from that and just be on their own with these guys because you get to see them as, you know, their own personalities right. instead of being in the shadow of their, you know, Hall of Fame father. Right.
1: No, I, I'm entertained by them, what they're doing. Like I said, they're protecting Jay White. Like, he has yet to take a pinfall. He, they protect him in those tag matches. So there's, a, we think, plans for them, and it's fun to see the way they're developing.
0: So some of the teams we did not mention here. Yes. <laughs> so you have the Elite. Yeah. You have um, the Don Callis family
1: there's one person there
0: well there's i mean i guess technically osprey is but who knows yeah.
1: um hey <laughs> write them down but i guess callous, yeah.
0: callous adjacent <laughs> but obviously i would say the biggest omission in terms of going through a top three here would be the judgment day
1: yes they have a lot of gold tag titles money in the bank women's title north american title but uh...
0: this whole breakup thing and jd mcdonough thing have done nothing for me yes I think it's kind of I think it's kind of slowed it down and it just I guess I'll be patient to see where they go with Finn and Damian being tag team champs but with the descent that they had within them and all of a sudden they're tag champs right like that also leaves Sammy out and maybe Sammy ends up doing something with Jay who knows now that you know Jay is over on Monday Night Raw Um, although I think Sammy was technically SmackDown, it's hard to tell because they were floating and the draft means nothing once again in the WWE, (laughs) even though they try to tell us every time that it means something. Nope. Um, but so obviously it doesn't, but it just does, it it, it just hasn't done anything for me because then they, they just tease all this tension and it hasn't gone anywhere.
1: Right. Um, so I I think
0: they need to pick it
2: back up.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of repetitiveness with them and that is frustrating to see. The one thing I'll say it was fantasy booked. I saw someone on Twitter. So they did a backstage segment where they moved the contract to the new briefcase and they're like, Oh, what do I do with the old one? And they just left it there. The fantasy booking being like, maybe the contract's still in the green briefcase and priest thinks he has it, but then Finn actually has it. And ultimately it's Finn that cashes in money in the bank. Maybe.
0: Uh, okay. But you could have done that without them getting the tag titles.
1: But they don't care about the tag titles
0: they're just props yeah that's yeah that's what i'm saying like and, and and i think that's what it is for wwe they just want right. this faction to to stand out there with all the championships it just doesn't i don't know they need to pick it back up because as much as i enjoy all of the rhea ripley dominic mysterio stuff yep the they've been dragging they, the Finn stink has started to been getting on Damian Priest, who was booked so strong yep. and getting that reward for doing what he's done in, in terms of being the good guy and going out there and giving good matches to people like Bad Bunny and, you know, being that guy that they could rely upon. You know, I'd, I'd like to see him booked a little bit stronger going forward because no,
1: that's
0: so that, that, that's my biggest complaint with the Judgment Day. Are there any other ones that we are leaving off?
1: No, that's all I really had written down. I mean, Imperium, like just because of Gunther.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, like, Gunther's really good. I, I love the faction, but in terms right. of best factions, like you, you've got the best intercontinental champion of all time in two goobers. Right. <laughs> you know, like that's. And don't get me wrong, like the henchmen, they're playing their roles perfectly Uh and they're supporting. But if we're talking about like strength and and if I'm complaining about Wheeler Yuta not winning matches, (laughs) like these dudes never win matches. Like, I think they finally got one over a couple of weeks ago just because they're like, all right, we fought. Okay, we got to give we have to give Vinci a win. We got to give Giovanni a win here at some point. We just can't have him keep losing. Same thing with Ludwig Kaiser. I think he had a, a, a random win on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago. But.
1: I mean, the um, other one, I'm trying to think of out, they're coming back soon, but like Roosh's faction, they've been doing all the video vignettes there. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> So maybe something there?
0: Maybe. I, I I guess I don't necessarily. I'll see it when I, I'll believe it when I see it with them. Sure.
1: It's Best just friends? Because, do they do it for you?
0: I mean, because, well, because you got to, does, so Orange and Chris Statlander are a part of that?
1: Yes, I think so. They all were together before. Not to actually come to the ring, but to sort of get close to the ring on Sunday. Yeah,
0: Because I feel Statlander, I mean, you clearly include Orange to make that a trio, right? Um, So when we say Faction, are we limiting it to three or does it have to be four?
1: I guess that's fair. I mean, I always think three works. Because then you have to throw in Acclaimed and Daddy S. They're currently in the trio. Correct. And then to that regard, House of Black. Yes. And they have four. Yes, they do because julia i mean they i love anytime they're on tv and my worry which it seems to be that way because we forgot about them is they get forgotten without the belts like now they're just there like have we seen them since they dropped the belts
0: no but in fairness that wasn't that Um, long ago
1: yeah that, that was, was that was with-
0: that was only all in. I mean, I mean, again, it's all a blur, blur with two pay-per-views. So my guess is we probably see them at Collision. They just had to, okay. you know, sprint to put together a card, Good especially point. after <laughs> they had to fire CM Punk. Right. So they had to come up with a bunch of different stuff. So maybe House of Black just took Saturday off.
1: All right, that's fair. Yeah, I didn't think about them at all, but hopefully there's stuff for them to do.
0: Yeah, and, and look, I think there's, and it's more of a thing clearly in AEW where they're a little more old school when it comes sure. to the factions. You know, you, you mentioned best friends, um, whatever, whatever uh, the Swerve affiliates, mogul affiliates, uh, yeah, whatever yeah. they are.
1: Um, but you couldn't, and I couldn't either. You couldn't name the guys that aren't Swerve and Cage. <sighs> <laughs> yeah,
0: because they kicked out AR Fox.
1: You've got that the big tag mm-hmm. team. I don't know what their names are. No, uh, I don't they look the part. I think yeah. they're good. I don't know, but that's based solely on looks.
0: Well, yeah. So who's those are the guys that are teamed with with Brian Cage has the ROH trios champions. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, I've no idea. This is this is where we need Jay Hood, the right. guy who actually has the Honor right. Club subscription to fill us in on some of the ROH people. Um, but it, it's it's wild because I think when we started this podcast, really the only faction going in WWE was the Bloodline. Right. And now we've seen factions kind of grow um, in both companies. I think yeah, I mean, it's I think something even that WWE,
1: they've... American Alpha, like LWO, like they keep trying to add to it, which is pretty cool yeah. to see.
0: And again, LWO is probably one that I would have thrown on the list, and at least in an honorable mention, like three weeks ago. But they've <laughs> really cooled off. They just decided to throw Santos Escobar in a tub of ice for right. whatever reason. Um, they gave and a tag. What...
1: Like they've gotten cold with a, the addition of a belt, with Ray winning the belt, they've gotten cold. Yeah.
0: Well, because again, they were heating up Santos, and then they did the injury angle with him, and had Ray win it, and who knows what they're going to end up doing with that. Yeah. Uh, what do we have at number two?
1: All right, let's talk some champs. And we three title runs. Let's rank them from soonest they end to the furthest away: Gunther's Intercontinental Title Run, Rollins' World Title Run, and Roman's Undisputed Title Run. Which one ends first? Which one ends last?
0: It kind of feels like it kind of it has to be that order it doesn't it like i have a, so i have a hard time imagining roman not being the champion walking into wrestlemania okay i don't know if he walks out of wrestlemania 40 as the champ but i think he walks in i don't think Gunther walks into wrestlemania 40 as the ic champion i think they wanted to get him to honky tonk man sure. they've done that if they put it on gable right now i think that'd be fantastic I give Gable another chance, put it on him. Let's see what he can do. Gunter can move on to more of a main event picture. And the same thing with Rollins. Like, I I just, I don't picture him being the champ and holding out of the championship that long heading into WrestleMania, especially because you have the Money in the Bank contract out there. Um, So I would say, I think Gunter ends soon. My guess is Rollins, probably Royal Rumble. The thing with Rollins though, like we know he's not healthy. Yes. That's, and that's the other thing I feel like, so, and, and they've done a great job of weaving it into the story, yeah. but he has given answers outside of character, outside of <laughs> kayfabe about how messed up his back is. Like, right. It, it feels like he's more hustling on borrowed time. Yeah. So I, I, that's why I think, and again, he continues to go out there and wrestle just about every damn week. So it just, it feels like it's a ticking time bomb is back.
1: So that's why I put him first. Cause I think that could end at any point. Like, I don't think it's Nakamura who's not accepting challenges, even though he's a heel and they're giving him a title shot, but I think he is first. I think Gunther could go to mania, like to make that even more special, like Gunther main eventing one of the nights of mania to defend that title. And then he loses one night. Roman drops to the next night just to add to the WrestleMania moments. So like I would just flip Rollins and Gunther.
0: Okay, I I guess you could say that just because who's a legitimate contender for Gunther?
1: Right, that's the issue. After and that's Gabriel. WWE's thing is you don't have anyone.
0: I'm not going to lie though. I would I would love to see I I would love to see Nakamura get a chance at the world title. And I've I, said that I'm before and i i have been a mark for for shinsuke and wish they would have given some some things and i feel like for the first time they're giving him a pretty good heel character to work and they're letting him work a little bit of a stronger style especially for wwe right i mean i guess i mean if you're letting gunter be that physical you gotta let shin like shin's watching in the back going if gunter can chop like that you gotta be able to let me kick man yeah give me my kicks back yeah um So I would love to see him be able to get a run with that world championship that Seth has. Um, You know, and and it doesn't have to be a long run. It it could be very similar to the run that AEW decided to give to um, Hikaru Shida, Where, hey, Hikaru, it it was, and Hikaru's got a lot of career left, so I don't want to make it seem like a lifetime achievement award, but it was just a, hey, we're going to give you a couple weeks. Where you get to have this you get right. to have this moment on our 100th episode main eventing um dynamite 100 and you get to have this moment in front of the fans since you didn't get to have those moments yeah. when when you were champ during the pandemic era so i i would just like to see it doesn't have to be a long run for shin you know he could he could beat seth rollins and you know um at the very next pay-per-view he could win but then get cashed in on by whatever you know member of <laughs> Of, of the judgment day I happens to have the, uh, the briefcase in your little fantasy booking scenario. So I, I would love to see what I'm saying is I would love Shin to see that. Sure. I would love and Nakamura to be the one for Rollins. I just, I feel like they're, I'm not sure what they're holding out for with Seth. I don't know if they're, they're holding out for Damian priest to be the one to go over. On
1: right. Him. Cause it feels like it's just filler and they're just waiting to go to the next thing. I mean, the other one with Gunther, like KO or Sammy, like on a singles run maybe i mean the other one also like yes there's jay yes there's cody could gunther be the one to end romans
0: can you get Gunther babyface or do you just do two heels
1: i think it's two heels eventually the fans sort of start cheering for gunther he's just a big badass yeah and it just elevates his star level even more i
0: mean he kind of not that he went babyface after the match on monday But he kind of looked at Chad and gave him like a nod of approval. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it was almost begrudging respect, but it was respect nonetheless. And that's something that I don't think we've seen from him. So again, I don't think that's a big full turn, but slowly starting to show a softer side, potentially a babyface side of Gunter. I mean, if, if I were to put together a list of five people who I think could main event with Roman Reigns, I think Gunter has to be on the list.
1: 100%. So, I don't know. Maybe, like, those both stretch out. The other title run I'll throw in there, like, where do you put MJF on this list and when his title run ends?
0: Well, oh, I want Joe to kill him. Okay. <laughs> Grand Slam, two weeks. Samoa Joe's going to kill him. what if Roddy
1: you. wins the tournament?
0: Yeah, no. Roddy's got a feeble neck. <laughs> Sorry, pal. Joe's going to kill you, too.
1: Yeah. I, That's why he's did a neck break for the Joe. <laughs>
0: yeah, right? Exactly. Which, again, which is, oh, man. Like, and. I wish they did a better job, and maybe they'll go back and re-explain this. Like, how many people remember that Samoa Joe's the one that injured Roddy Strong? Right.
1: No, not many.
0: Instead, instead, Roddy just comes off as just doing the same whiny little bitch thing that he's been doing of, (laughs) oh, you care about his neck, not my neck. Well, the reason why he's doing that is because Joe's the one who hurt both of their necks. (laughs) Like, try to connect that dot instead of having... To have that really oh yeah that's right he is the one who did that and try to connect those dots for the fans themselves maybe they'll put together a video package i don't know but i would love for samoa joe to be the aew world champ i doubt that they do it but i would love it for i would love for it to happen i have been in the camp of samoa joe when it comes to being strictly a professional wrestler i think he is one of the best professional wrestlers that exists (laughs) Like, it's still real to him, damn it. Uh He cuts a damn great promo. Like, even the stuff that he's giving that's pretty off-scripts, you know? Like, they're telling him to F off, and he's telling them they sound like their mom. Like, he made the mom joke to everybody there in Indianapolis on Wednesday night. Like, I just love Samoa Joe. And I wish the injuries wouldn't have derailed him the way they did in WWE, and Vince kind of gave up on him. Yeah, I wish he would have had an opportunity... On the main roster with Triple H in charge.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I just hope that it's not like they can keep growing off of this. Like, I love seeing him in a main event spot. My only concern is they heat him up. We get a title match in, you know, a week and a half, and then he just sort of forgotten. The same way we saw with Starks. Like, Mm -hmm. Starks got that quick title match against MJF, and then he sort of wavered and was just sort of there. And obviously, they've gotten back to him now. But the more Joe, the better. I'm on board with all that.
0: Yeah, I would so um if if we throw MJF in here, I think MJF has to drop the title before the year out. Because that's that will make the in, in uh, again, we don't know the contract status. Maybe he signed an extension, maybe he hasn't. Yeah. But he's hinted at a couple of times, the bidding war of twenty twenty four. It's been a little quieter since they've done all sure. the brooch stuff with Adam Cole, but he has mentioned it at least once since they've come together. If he has the title, then, okay, he signed an extension. It's really not much of anything. But if he doesn't have the title, that's where you can blend the real-life storytelling. So I would say probably two on the list. Okay. Because I think he drops it um, at full gear.
1: Yeah, I'm in the same boat, and I think you can even – We always fantasy booked him as a heel at the end of the year, being like, oh, I'm going to take the title with me and doing the whole Punk and Cena thing. But I think as a face, it works also. Like, he drops the belt. He doesn't know what he's going to do. If Cole's still with him, he's like, oh, like, why don't you stay here? And, like, just playing that whole thing up, even little things from Cole, like, oh, you want to work over there? Like, you know, you have to be a manager over there. Just little things like that, they can still tell that story because that should be a huge story at the end of this year.
0: Yeah, because I just don't think you can get away with – in 2023, I don't think you can do the, he took the champion, you know, oh, right. he took the championship and who knows where <laughs> he is thing. Like, I, we we all know eventually that he's going to come back. Sure. You know, I, I think when Punk did it in 2011, God, was that 12 years ago already wow. at this point? <laughs> which, is in cra- which is crazy to think about. But when Punk did it in 2011, and then he's showing up at Comic-Con with it, and he's doing all these different things, like, I, I just don't think you can do that in is he going to do
1: that with the real aew title now
0: uh no i doubt it especially if he wants to get into wwe okay <laughs> right which again a yeah. lot of reporting around him wanting to get out of the contract even before he came back the second time for AEW, <sighs> and potentially showing up at royal rumble
1: um, oh so phil
0: <laughs> yeah so we'll have to wait and see about that but i i would say i think mjf drops it before the year. so do you think, do you think Rollins drops it before the year's out?
1: I think so. I think that literally like it could be any week. Like maybe I guess if Survivor Series is like they've done in the past where it's brand versus brand and you want him and Roman the main event, you need to keep it on him until then. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's the night. Maybe they main event, Roman beats him down and then you have to cash in right there.
0: Which would make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and just do it that way. So, I guess just figuring out when the calendar is. I don't know which one comes first, Survivor Series or Full Gear.
0: I think I would... It's got to be Full Gear, if I had to guess.
1: So, oh, yeah, yeah. Survivor Series November 25th, so...
0: Yeah. Yeah, because that's always around Thanksgiving. So, I mean, again, there's there's a lot of long-reigning champions, and... I think we see some of them come to an end before the year is out. Uh, One of the big shows in Impact is happening this weekend out in New York. They're going to be taping the 1,000th episode of Impact Television. A part of the big draw that they want to have is the reuniting of Team 3D. First time that they are going to be wrestling as a tag team in seven years. We had a chance to catch up with one half of that tag team. And Devon, she joined GKW earlier this week. Excited to bring in our next guest, and I'm sure he's excited as he is going to be reuniting with Team 3D Impact 1000 anniversary episode. It is going to be taping on Saturday. If you happen to be in New York, make sure you check out those tickets and check out Impact 1000. We welcome in Devon. Devon, we really appreciate the time. And what does it mean to you to be able to reunite with Bully Ray and be on a card and wrestle for the first time in seven years?
3: Well, again, it's been seven years. You know, it's no secret to a lot of people that I had a couple of health issues. You know, I had my back surgery, uh, which I guess over the years doing everything I've done, I think a lot of it had to contribute to ECW uh, where my my disc just said, effort it, we're done. Either you fix me or you're not walking. So I had to get it fixed. Uh, I had L4, L5, and then when they cut me open, they saw S1 was collapsing. So they had to go in there and fuse all of that. So I didn't think I would ever be able to wrestle again. Then when I got cleared, I was like, okay, here we go. And I was pretty excited, but I never thought I'd be getting back into the ring with Bubba um, on this level again. I just thought maybe it'd be independent shows or what have you. So when I found out that I was gonna be on the 1000 episode, I went down to my wrestling school and I just started bumping around and testing it out. At first it was scary because I hadn't taken a bump in seven years. So it was kinda like taking a bump for the first time, like when I did, you know, when I first started my career. So I
2: ain't gonna lie, it was probably the scariest uh part of my life ever. Well, Devon, because you're feeling better, uh, I'm thinking it's time for another singles run. Just be a ground and pound dude. That's all that's that's what D Brown goes, man. When I do indie shots now, I'm a ground and pounder. I don't do that high fly stuff. So nah. another Listen, I don't do the
3: high I don't do the high flying stuff either, except for the what's up, but I don't even do that no more. But I can tell you what, singles, ah, eh, because when I get tired, I want to tag out. It's <laughs> <laughs> a veteran I move tag, right there. <laughs> I can tag out if, if no one's only out there for me to tag. So <laughs> no, I'll let D Lo be D Lo and let, let him do singles. I'm good. <laughs> Wrestle Steve, smarter, not harder. Russell
1: smarter, right. not harder. Exactly. <laughs> Steve, the ECW stuff, the WWF stuff, that's going to get the headlines when it comes to your career, but what did the impact run mean to you personally?
3: Well, it meant a lot of things. Number one, uh, the single run that I had winning my first, uh, singles title, the television title and, uh, you know, going down is, I guess, one of the greatest television titles, uh, in the history of this business uh in tna i should say uh and holding it out i guess they said i was the greatest television champion of all time uh in tna which was great i love that honor uh but it made me feel good and then not to mention the whole thing with the aces and eights was great i had such a great time i knew nothing about the biker's life And i remember when bischoff told me that he wanted me to come back um to tna because i had left and he says we want to put you with aces and eights. And I remember knowing a little bit about what they were doing because I was still there when it first started. And then he goes, have you ever watched Sons of Anarchy? And I said, no, not really. I said, I really don't care for it. He goes, well, go watch it and try to, you know, get to know what bikers do. I think that's as close as you're gonna get to a TV show that's gonna be real life uh, about bikers. And sure enough, I fell in love with the show uh i've watched every season over and over again got to really know what the club life was the old ladies <laughs> the whole night i remember telling bishop i said listen i don't ride a motorcycle i'm number one i'm scared to death but if you want have everybody else come in in a motorcycle and a harley i'll come in with a moped <laughs> he started laughing he goes devon we can't do that i was like well, "Just think about the, the funny reaction that how comical that would be, I'm riding in a little putt putt. Meanwhile, they're riding with these, you know, big ass machines. And I'm coming in there, like I said, with a putt putt. And he was like, Divine, we'll think about it, it never happened. But I think me actually being able to do promos um, by myself, uh, actually leading uh, aces and aids for a little bit, uh, that really uh, gave me a boost of confidence and everything because the, the the singles run that I had in WWE, I thought it was great with the Reverend Devon gimmick. I thought it went fantastic, but there were certain powers to be within the company uh, that basically stopped it. And I've always said this, if you can get Vince at the right time and change his mind, it'll be changed. I don't care how powerful that man thinks he is. I've seen it personally where somebody, he he's been, dead set on something someone came in and changed his mind and it was over and i felt that's what happened with me because i always said if the reverend devon gimmick did not work then triple h would have never laid down for me on smackdown the man not only did he lay down but the man gave me 50 50 of the match if he didn't believe in that gimmick he would have never done that not to mention i'm hitting promos um with vince first time out the people were reacting the whole nine so it was definitely somebody in Vince's ear that stopped it, which is fine, okay, because TNA gave me the singles run with the aces and eights and the television title. And I I had a blast with it and I loved every bit of it.
0: When you take a look at you mentioned ECW uh, not that long ago. ECW still has an influence in today and you see some of those other ECW guys, you know, uh, Rob Van Dam showing up on television not that long ago, even seeing the FTW championship on television, just seeing the influence that ECW still has on wrestling today. What do you think of that?
3: I think it's I think it's great. What is it 30 years ago, you know, that you know ECW was actually something in the wrestling business. And for us to still have an effect on this new generation, I think it's great. I think, you know, when I do autograph signings and things like that, even when I was in WWE, a lot of people were very, very, um, how do I say they were extremely happy that they were able to watch ECW and see some of the things that we did in that company. Some people were disappointed because they didn't have the chance to see it. And by the time they got videotapes and things like that, It was like four months into the shows already. (laughs) They were a little disappointed with that, but for those that were able to watch it and be there, it was something magical. I think it was best said in one of the slogans, politically incorrect and damn proud of it. We were damn proud of what we were doing. It might not have been what you should have done in pro wrestling, but we were like Nirvana. Nirvana came in and blew out everything. When they first hit the scene, uh grunge, I hated grunge. I was more of a metalhead. I was a huge Iron Maiden fan. I loved Dio, Megadeth, all of that growing up as a kid. And then all of a sudden, here comes Nevada with, you know, was it Team Spirit? I I freaking hated it. <laughs> you know, it was gloomy, it was uh that Seattle type of um uh demeanor. I hated it. So to me, we were like them. We came in and destroyed everything there was. Uh, about pro wrestling and started a new era you know because no one can deny that ecw did not have an effect or help start the attitude Era, because things that they were doing during that time they basically got from ecw
2: Yvonne, how much does it surprise you that impact wrestling still going because it's been so up and down they've had all the stars they have a youth movement going now what are your thoughts on impact wrestling and its longevity
3: I think it's great. I think the the new, um, as we say, office had to come in and change things. The old office wasn't working. And even when the old office was in effect, um, I don't want to say any names. But even though it was in effect, you know, to let other people influence your decision on how the company should be run, when you were doing a great job without them proved that it was going it was going downhill you should have left it the way it was don't mess with it and there would have never been a break in tna i always thought and i think when we left tna we thought tna was over had no idea that it was going to resurge and come back again but i was damn proud to hear them come back because we all know that we cannot let vince mcmahon have the monopoly because if he did we're all in trouble you know thank (laughs) you Companies like ECW, um, sorry um, AEW, and of course um, TNA, uh, you know Impact, just still going strong, and I love it. You know, regardless they were still going along, they were still trucking, and you know, regardless to how many nails were probably put in the coffin, they busted that thing wide open and said, "We're not going anywhere. We're staying right here." And I was very happy to see that, um, especially after I had retired from the ring and was a producer backstage for WWE. I was shocked to find out they were still in existence, but I was happy at the same time because it was a great place to work, it really was. The talent was great, we were on a roll, we were doing so well, but again, like I said, it was the office, uh, that that the powers to be behind the scenes during that time was what messed everything up. And now this new regime that came in and took over TNA Impact, I'm very happy. Uh, and it seems like it's going great. I think they're learning from the mistakes of the past. And that's the thing, you cannot repeat the past, because if you do, the same results that happened before will happen again. And I think TNA is doing a fantastic job in not repeating the past.
1: As those non-WWE companies, the Impact, the AEWs of the world, try to do their thing to be an alternative, what can they learn from your ECW days? What can they learn from that company and say, hey, this is something we can do to be successful long term.
3: Well, listen to the veterans, number one, uh, because the veterans—the reason why they're veterans—is because they had been somewhere before we, you know, we had even gotten there. We would, you know, we were listening to guys like Ravishing Rick Rude, Bam Bam Bigelow, Shane Douglas, who had been to WCW and WWE, you know, Tommy Wildfire, Rich, uh, you know, uh, Tommy Rogers, Tracy Smothers. You know, the late great Tracy Smothers, good God, with all that talent from the past coming in and helping us out, we were listening, we were hungry, we wanted it. When no one else gave us us a shot, Paul Heyman and ECW did, and those veterans came in and knew it, they helped us out, we were at the building, say two hours prior to doors opening, and we were getting dressed, getting in the ring, and working out. You know, the day of the show, we're working out with the veterans, the veterans are teaching us what to do and what not to do. And it just shows that we were listening because look how successful ECW was, not to mention, you're still talking about it 30 years later. How many wrestling companies 30, 40 years ago can still say they have a positive influence on what's going on today in this new generation?
0: With what you guys did and Edge and Christian and Hardy Boys in WWE and the way it impacted tag team wrestling, how proud are you of that legacy? Because you still see, I mean, the Usos have, I mean, it's the 3D, but they call it the 1D. On Monday Night Raw, you have Riddle slapping Drew McIntyre saying, get the tables. How, how do you feel about the everlasting impact you guys have had on tag team wrestling?
3: Well, look, paying tribute is great. I love it. It keeps us relevant and it keeps people talking about us. You know, when, when the Usos hit 3D, it was great. I was sitting in my bed because I was home recovering from the back surgery. And I remember when they hit it, I, I kind of sat up. I was like, yes. And I was like, oh my God, my back. I forgot. <laughs> and I remember calling them and telling them, I said, great job, man. It looked great. I loved it. Because they came to me prior to that and asked me, would it be okay if they use 3D? I was like, you don't have to ask us. I was like, you know, it's not like we copyrighted the move and we, you know, no one else can do it. We're not Taz, we're not gonna sit up there and you know, when you put your, when you put Taz's finish on, he goes, brother, what the hell are you using my finish? You know, or, you know, why are you wearing orange and black? Man, look, if you guys wanna do that, go ahead and do it. But just let me tell you how to do it the right way. Because so many people have tried to do 3D and messed up or nearly almost killed the guy. You know, if you want longevity, let me show you how to do it right. And they did, they listened and everything so it was really cool to see that and it just made me proud as an individual that this young generation um the usos actually wanted to use it you know and make it relevant again because Bubba and I wasn't doing it because we were done you know I had retired he was still going but he's not gonna do 3D with nobody else wink wink but (laughs) you know um you know I was very honored that he did do it you know I was very happy and um that they did it and um, I was very proud of them. Just like I'm very proud of what their work today. Uh, I wish that we could have, when we were there in WWE, when we came back on our second run, I wish the Usos of today would have been the Usos back then because man, that could have been some magic right there. But they were young, they were growing, we helped them. And now look at them, I mean, they're freaking doing phenomenal. I'm loving the storylines there. Actually, I'm loving professional wrestling period nowadays everybody's doing great aew eighty thousand people tna impact still going strong still you know being watched by the fans fans are still talking about them you know wwe with the bloodline with their female wrestlers as well just hitting a home run every time they go to back so professional wrestling is on a high right now and i'm very very happy to still be a part of it and to be able to showcase that maybe at the end of our match with team 3 when we're um, with team 3d again maybe they'll be chanting, you still got it
2: <laughs> you know we'll see <laughs> we'll see our, for our ESPN new york uh viewers and listeners impact 1000 is going to be taped on september 9th in white, white plains new york tickets available at ticketmaster.com of course you can watch uh, impact wrestling on access tv and be able to watch it thursday uh september 14th so many is going to be appearing including our guest Uh, Devon, Devon, you know, compared to um, where you started, how much has the African American wrestler really grown in this era?
3: I mean, it's grown a lot, believe it or not. And I remember when I first broke into the business in 91. You have to understand racism was still alive and well, just like I feel like racism is still alive and well today. I like to say what Malcolm X used to say, a lot of the clan men traded in their white sheets for suits, <laughs> you know, walking around and doing what they're doing. Um, and it's still relevant, you know, in the wrestling business, it is, but we have come a long way since then. And, you know, it's going to be hard to stop us, you know, from doing what we love to do, you know, we watched this sport, we loved it. We want to be a part of it and we're coming in there and we're doing exactly not what we want to do it in a disrespectful way but doing what we want to do to 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 pay homage to those who have come before us that we've watched and idolized for so long um i'm just very proud like you know I, sometimes i speak to guys like coco beware uh when bad news brown um was alive uh we talked in a locker room anytime we went to canada you know he pulled me aside and gave me some you know, tips on how to survive as an African American, you know, in this business, something that Tony Atlas said, and I don't want to get too much on this, but something he said during the junkyard dog, uh, uh, behind the dog, what is it, the dark side of the ring, uh, was that, you know, a black man in his business has to understand that we can't do what the white man do and expect to get away with it, you know, because again, you still have racism that is very, very prominent in this business. And if you give them enough rope, if they give you enough rope to hang yourself, and if you hang yourself, then there's nothing you can do about it. You know, you've never heard about me being in no, um, controversy drugs or anything like that. I've kept my nose clean for 30 years in this business. Don't get me wrong. I've done things, you know, before cameras came about, (laughs) you know, but totally, totally, um, you know, I've never been in trouble with the law, never done anything, never given them a reason. To want to uh, mess with me in any type of way. You know, whenever I disagreed with something within the business, I always had a plan B just in case I didn't like plan A. I couldn't just go to them and say, listen, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. But I always said, listen, I don't feel comfortable, but here's what I think we can do. Sometimes it worked and sometimes we didn't. I went in there with a smile on my face and did it, even if they told me no, I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And that was fine. But I do understand that, again, you know, We have come a long way since when I broke into the business in 91 because I remember coming into certain locker rooms and there were certain people uh that didn't care about if it got out how they were treating you you know um there was a prominent figure uh in wwe I should say he was office that basically told me he didn't like me because I was black two occasions he told me Bubba was there on one of them, and Bubba was there on the second one, along with Paul Heyman, and uh, Tommy Dreamer and Spike. And to this day, I have no no respect, nor do I like this individual. I'm not going to go and put him on blast right now, but I don't I don't care for him, so I just stay away from him. You know, I just know that, you know, um, we have come a long way. I'm not going to sit here and you know cry over something that might have happened, you know, ten years ago. I just move on and make the best of it. Look at my career. I have nothing to be sad about. I have nothing to have any remorse about. Bubba and I have become the greatest tag team. I'm not gonna say of all time. I'm gonna say of our era. We're the greatest tag team of our era because that's very disrespectful to say you're the greatest tag team of all time in my book when you've had, you know, tag teams like the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, Telly and On. Uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Terry Bam Bam Gordon, the British Bulldogs, the Heart Foundation—I mean, the list goes on and on. There was so many, and the LLD, the Road Warriors. There were so many tag teams before us, and you know, again, I don't think we're greater than them, but I do think during the Attitude Era and the time we were there in ECW and so forth and so on, that we were the greatest tag team of our era.
1: You have that Hall of Fame career in the ring. What was something though during your backstage career that you had a hand in that you're most proud of? Whether it be a match, a segment development, what's something that fans might know was you know part of your brain trust, basically.
3: Well, basically, and I, and again, I'm not going to take all the credit for this sure. one, but in terms of the Usos in the New Day, you know, I had all of their matches in the very beginning, you know, of my career. So I was very happy uh, to play an instrumental part in that and to give my advice and to help those guys out i mean it was it was great to work with those guys it really was the knowledge that you know i was trying i was giving them they accepted it with open arms used it and made it work you know so i was very happy with that but the one thing i can take full credit for except for the physicality of it was a 24 7 title you know with um uh reggie you know jumping and doing all of that with Tazawa and truth Every, just about right before my back surgery, uh, just about every one of those segments were mine. Mm -hmm. Vince gave me full blanche. He goes, Devon, um, do what you want to do. I trust you. And I was like, all right, cool. And you know, the whole thing, they, they, I I forgot how, how it went down, excuse me. They, um, they didn't want him to come in and use a trampoline like Kalisto. (laughs) And we were going, we went by ringside and I was like, how the hell are you going to get in this ring? I mean, he's very athletic and, you know, he worked for Circus Olay for so many years before he came into WWE. So he knew certain things, but he's like, Diva, I don't think I can do it. So I went back to the office. I said, okay, (laughs) please, please let us use the trampoline. I'm telling you, it's going to work. He trusted me. We used it and we had been using it from that point on. It was great you know i loved it it was one of the, my highest moments where i can say as a producer i can take full credit because vince let me have my use my creative juices on that and then after i left that's when i think it went downhill <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man Divon, i i can't say enough thank you so much we certainly appreciate the insights and you know best of luck coming up on saturday if you're in new york west uh yeah check white it out plains. impact white plains uh and Blue. impact 1000
3: yes absolutely white plains new york you know i grew up in new rochelle even though i'm from brooklyn new york i spent a little time in new rochelle new york which is like 30 minutes away from white plains so it's like a of a homecoming for me and i'm very excited for the 1000 episode of the uh, tna impact i mean so many great faces and i'm going to see that i haven't seen in a long time awesome kong um america's most wanted gail kim uh you know so many so many guys d brown uh shark Boys, who i an ass kicking to after what he did in that in that fish market street fight um <laughs> uh, god it's so many beer money i mean it's gonna i believe beer money is gonna be there if i'm not mistaken but I, i'm so happy um that i'm gonna be reunited with some of these guys and of course the beautiful people you can't mm-hmm. forget them because i mean velvet sky and uh oh god velvet sky and uh angelina love don't tell her i did that uh <laughs> you know let it out it's fine and let it out. yeah <laughs> You know, uh I mean just beautiful and great people. I loved working with them back then. It's gonna be an honor to be able uh to reconnect with those guys again. And there is a fan fest uh that's gonna be happening as well Saturday. Um, that earlier that day from if I'm not mistaken, I'm looking from nine to eleven. Uh, so i'm excited about that i'm excited about meeting the tna fans and uh, impact fans i should say and it's going to be happening again so i can't wait and if you, like i always said if you thought chapter one was great where do you get a load of chapter two me and bubba gonna tear it up
0: no doubt about it appreciate it best of luck to you and team 3d coming up on saturday in new york
3: yes sir thank you testify
0: That was great to uh, be able to catch up with Devon ahead of Impact 1000 again. uh, It's going to be taping in New York this weekend, White Plains, New York, uh, then being airing on uh, uh, Access TV coming up a week from today,
1: next Thursday. What do we have at News Notes this week, Brian? All right. Let's actually start off with some Dudley news just coming out from Fightful. Bubba and Devon have signed a new Legends contract with the WWE. So what does that mean? They just make appearances every now and then for WWE and get paid for it. They can make Dudley toys and merchandise and stuff now.
0: That's good for them. I mean, again, it's it's the reuniting of them on Impact. Like they've, they've, I feel like, ever since AEW has broken down some of those doors with Impact and everybody seems a little more open working with each other, and that includes WWE. Now I don't think we're going to be seeing, you know, people wrestle for WWE AEW anytime soon, but like. AEW was cool with, you know, the the elites allowed, you know, some BTE stuff to be used in the Cody documentary. It seems that some of those things are being a little bit more relaxed right now because uh, Hunter realizes, oh, yeah, there's more than one company and a lot of our guys have worked for more than just one company.
1: More contract news PW Insider reporting that LA Knight and the WWE are getting set to uh, agree to a new five year extension. He had about a year left on the deal. The report says the LA Knight push was reportedly waiting on this extension.
0: So the extension then must be done because he's in the middle of the push, right?
1: right, I think, but maybe now, like the real push I don't know uh,
0: I mean he's he's got he stumbled over a couple of promos recently. He needs yes. to kind of clean that up. um crowd's still with him. I'm still with him, but those stumbles start to happen more often. it's you, you gotta clean it up just a little bit. Just one little criticism for la night other than that I think uh, it's it's been going about as well as it could.
1: The CM Punk era ended in AEW less than a week ago. New reports saying that he had issues with William Regal backstage. Apparently him and Regal at Revolution 2022, where Regal made his debut. Punk would not shake Regal's hand and said he was a Triple H, quote, stooge. Uh,
0: That story coming out um, doesn't make it seem likely he's going to sign with WWE. (laughs) But who knows? Maybe Hunter realizes he can make money. Um, And again, that happened before. CM Punk reportedly tried to start to angle his way back into WWE, which is, again, why he was at WWE in Chicago a few months ago.
1: And finally, Fightful reporting, Thunder Rosa could return to active competition at, quote, any time those in AEW believe she is ready now. We've not seen her in the ring in 13 months in AEW.
0: I hope whatever backstage beef existed with her, um, I I hope that's gone because their women's division is... Despite not getting the time it deserves, yes, I mean I, I feel like they've been doing some really good things with Soraya being the champion, Brit's a star, Hikaru Shida has done great with her things. Like I'm, I'm loving the Tony Storm backstage yes. stuff. Yes.
1: like she's. When do we get the Tony Storm Juice Robinson reality show? <laughs> Sign me up now.
0: Like, I didn't realize you could say tits out on TV, yeah, um, but apparently <laughs> but apparently you can because they keep retweeting, you know, chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoe. Right. Um, <laughs> Life motto. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's been absolutely killing it backstage. I, I just feel like they have a lot of really good things happening in that woman's division, and Thunder Rosa can make us stronger. I, I loved what she did. Um, you know, the... the match that she had, the unsanctioned match with Britt Baker, made both of them stars in AEW. So I think she can only add it provided a lot of the backstage heat is gone.
1: Yeah, she's one of those that I feel from that boat of they built all the way up. They didn't give her the title then eventually they gave her the title, like it wasn't as big of a moment as it could have been, mm-hmm. but she's a star. We know she can go in the ring. Like would love to see her back.
0: What did you have as your matches of the week? And I think this is Pretty much all going to be pay-per-view stuff.
1: Yeah. uh, There's some TV. I feel like I have an all-out or what was it? All-out category and a non-all-out category. So, not all-out. Becky Trish Cage match from Payback. Mm -hmm. We talked about that Sunday. Really fun match there and Gable was good again. I hope there still is more for Gable to do after this.
0: My my problem with that, and Jay hood had mentioned this to us when we were talking after we, or when we were right before we mm-hmm. recorded with Devon earlier this week. And so I went back and, and I looked because I had a DVR and I hadn't watched the match yet. Um so the match started at 42 after the hour. By the time we hit 50, yeah, we had already played two commercial breaks. Yes, and that, that just an really cuts the legs out of what should have been a really marquee match if you have to have one commercial break fine but there were other places in what was a fairly uneventful raw to kind of yeah, put those yeah but good we, job like
1: uh gable's kids they were a big part of that match
0: oh my god i was i was uncomfortable <laughs> at the end like they they showed the they showed his daughter uh-huh you know um and what was it gable's girls was what their t-shirt said i, I think so. which was which was super cute but They show her right after her dad gets pinned Uh and the tears are starting to come down when they went back to her. I'm like, damn it guys. Why are we doing this? Let the girl cry in peace. Still real to her. Damn it. That's good acting right there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The six year old is acting. I don't know how old she is, but
1: just a guess. The other, not all out. I enjoyed Darby and Nick Wayne from last night.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was probably Nick Wayne's best AEW match.
1: Yes, hundred percent. Uh as for the actual match of the week, the all all out edition, Darby versus Lucha. Like, I feel like big guys throwing Darby is always entertaining, but something about that match, like, it just worked with those two.
0: Sure. That that so that while a good match, I'm surprised it's on your top three from all out.
1: It just made it. The one that misses it is Kenny and Takesta. And then the other two that make it Orange versus Mox and then the strap match. Brian versus Starks. And then for Brian to say, oh, it's Smoke and Mirrors. Wow. Yes, I put the strap match at the top.
0: Well, no, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't put Miro and Hobbs.
1: See... I don't know if that was a great match. It was a fun match. The crowd added to it. They did a hell of a job leaning in, but I wouldn't say it's a great match. Like it was entertaining and fun. Oh, it was long.
0: everything I wanted it to be in. Okay. Like it was, it was like a plus no notes. It was perfect. It was the perfect right, meaty men slapping meat. Uh, Biggie needs to be proud. I'm still waiting for pro wrestling tees to yes. put out a meat forever t-shirts. Like I will give you all of the money pro wrestling tees. If you put this out, like, I am like that again. Was it a masterpiece? Was it a yeah. five star match? <laughs> Absolutely not. It was a train wreck, it was a car crash, yeah. and I loved every damn second of it
1: like i said great job on them like I'm, i'd be curious to see how much of that match actually changed because they leaned in once the crowd started taking over and instead of ignoring it so i wonder how much they changed but yeah that match was what you expect from that match
0: yes so that was that in terms of top three from all out yeah. that was on there uh i had the strap match and then i had mox versus orange cassidy cool. like it was just and, and, and again we started the show talking a little bit about orange cassidy but like for that dude to main event a pay-per-view yep. the way he did to grow from a mimosa match to blow <laughs> off a feud with chris jericho which you won by the way um to be main eventing like i i still don't know if it happens but in the next 18 months if we saw orange cassidy aew world champion i would not be shocked and i agree that all goes to what he's done as the international champion for aew the way he defended it every week and it warmed my heart that he still showed up and we started last night with jefferson airplane like but (laughs) also the world title
1: point like that's the next step up because at this point the tnt title is not above the international title and that's because of orange because of 100 so where else is there to go
0: only one place to go right that's aew world championship and let's go which is unbelievable to say about orange cassidy for again like how long did it take for him to wrestle right when he showed up at AEW, like he was just you know the sidekick to the best friends and now he has sprinted so far past the best friends he's like dragging them with him (laughs) like hey when i'm doing matches with mox fine we can do a parking lot match and sue can show up in a van like he's dragging those guys along with him as they've hitched his wagon to they've they've hitched their wagon to orange cassidy but he is absolutely taken off
1: that reaction sunday when he was doing the kicks and then started trying yeah that was unbelievable the
0: perfect time to yes. pull that out right yes. like it was it was a one-time thing oh 100 but against john moxley that's right damn well that's that's <laughs> kind of the time you kind of need to pull that out when yeah. you're wrestling the craziest man in <laughs> aew um but he was a great main event it ended up being better than i thought it was even going to yeah. be and AEW has some momentum going forward um Jay Hood should be back again next week as we continue to build for AEW, building towards Grand Slam, which is going to be happening in New York. WWE starting to build back up towards Survivor Series, towards Fastlane. So many great things that they've got going on in professional wrestling. So tune in next week.